All right, guys, we're going to be continuing the discussion on and going through our series on the model. And we are down to the emotions. We've covered what the model is as a whole. We've covered what the circumstance is and the thought behind that circumstance. So now we're going to jump over into the feeling, our emotion. And no, it's not going to be all, all squishy-ishy and stuff like that. It's it, it's it's actually really good to understand what the emotions are, what mo- emotions actually are, and how they apply into our our life, and why we have the emotions that we have. So we're going to be talking about that this week on episode one nineteen of the Relaxed Male. Welcome to Relaxed Mail, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right. So, <laughs> um, it is now, uh, officially Saturday after the, uh, February 27th. This is the, I've had several days to recover from walking 22 kilometers, actually a little under 22 kilometers because I screwed up while I was walking. I first, uh, lap I took as we were over in chat. Well, let me start back from the beginning. The uh, Ruck March that I'm talking about was a fundraiser brought on an awareness and also an awareness raiser that was brought on by Operation Tears of the Point Two. This is a, a charity, a organization, a group of veterans who are set on helping our, our military men and women who are, who have gotten out of, of the military and are completely lost. And a lot of times these guys, suffer from a lot of different uh, thought loop errors. They th- suffer from a lot of feeling lost. They used to have a sense of purpose. And then all of a sudden they're out uh, of the military and that purpose, sense of purpose they had is gone. And so they feel lost and dejected and, and often turn to drugs and alcohol and, and other harmful ways of, of, Coping with this loss of purpose. Now, the, a lot of times though, these men and women will turn to the ultimate solution, the final solution. And that is suicide. And we lose 22 men and women who are former military members to suicide every year, every day, not year, every day we lose 22 of them. And that's 22 too many. And so these guys are getting together. They, their ultimate object, objective is to just get these guys out into nature, get what's called the three day effect going on where they can, their mind settles down. It slows down. It allows them to get recentered and feel, get more grounded in what they're doing in their life. And at the same time, they are able to talk and communicate and, and commune with a bunch of other veterans and the veterans families. And each veteran there is essentially going to be there to help the others. So if there, if there's a, one particular veteran that shows up and is having a hard time, guess what? There is a 
community of veterans who will surround this guy and help him get him settled on finding, you know, finding a sense of purpose again. Since this is a nonprofit organization, the uh, Operation Tears of the 22, they need to do some fundraising. And so one of the ways they did decided to do a fundraising and also raise awareness of the men and women that we lose is they did a, a ruck march, which is where you carry a weight, a set of pound, a set, a set amount of weight for however long you want to walk. And the, uh, the weight was 22 pounds. I carried a little over, like 23, 24 pounds in my backpack. Some guys. One guy actually carried 30 pounds. Uh, a lot of them, some of them were, you know, they were still within that, that range. And then we walked 22 kilometers, which is 13.6 miles. That's a long walk. 13 miles with 22 pounds on your back. Wow. Holy smokes. Jiminy. That, that was something else. Um, what we did is we were, we held this over in at Chaffee Crossing over in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Chaffee Crossing, if you're not aware of, that's it's sort of famous because that's when when Elvis went uh, was drafted to the military. Elvis went to the uh, went to Chaffee Crossing there. The barber shop where he got his hair cut is all is, is still kept at that uh, at that same level. He's um, they even have a kind of a, uh, a marked out which chair he actually sat in and all that. And it's, it's a really neat, it's pretty, it looks like, you know, second world war style barracks. I mean, they kept as much of it as, as pristine as they can. Uh, but they're also trying to update it, trying to bring more people over to the Chaffee Crossing historical area because there's still, there's is still a, an army base of Chaffee Crossing. It's just, right next door to the old Chaffee Crossing. And so we had a loop where we walked down around where some of the old barracks and parade grounds and stuff used to be. And then up and around where some of the, uh, some of the businesses currently are residing, which are still more barracks and, and warehouses and things like that, that they would use, used back in, uh, in the army back in, uh, oh, whenever from the time of world war two era. And, the full loop is a little over, I think, four pound or four miles or a little under four miles. It's around four miles. Anyhow. And so the first lap, okay, that was actually pretty, pretty good. That second lap, wow, you started really feeling it in your calves and you didn't have quite as much of a spring in your step. That last lap is such, was such a slog. It was just, come on. Got to make it. I mean, I, I didn't have to stop and take a break until that third lap, but wow, that was, that was brutal. And once that first lap came along or first break, it was, you know, I would walk maybe a half mile, have to take a break again, walk another half mile, take a break, walk a half mile, take a break, half, walk a half mile, take a break. I mean, I'm going to dive deeper into this because as I was walking, I didn't bring a headset or anything. So it was just me and my thoughts, which. Can be kind of scary if you're not used to being me, <laughs> but my, uh, with my thoughts, I came up with a really good analogy to equate what I experienced in, on that ruck march to life in general. And we're going to be talking, that'll actually be airing in March 31st, I believe. And we'll, it's the, uh, uh, your, uh, your rucking life, I think is what I'm calling it at the moment. So, but anyhow. It is, uh, the whole thing was just, uh, 
uh, made you aware of what <laughs> what your legs uh, actually have to go through. I got uh, when I got done, I literally I walked hunched over, shuffled my feet. I couldn't raise my arms if I tried to even bring my arms up and about. Oh, my shoulders screamed at me. Those shoulder muscles were just not happy with me. Uh, my legs, my calves especially, were just toast. And so I wanted, I, I was the last one to get finished. There were seven of us who actually went on this ruck march. There's three who have done rucking before, and it was very evident because, boy, they got that thing done in like, oh, shoot, about three hours. They would walk the, walk it in uh, three miles an hour, uh, if that. And had, had no, uh, they got done and it was, uh, the two founders, uh, one, one of them made, uh, made a lap. The second one made two laps. And I was, I was determined I was going to do all 22. Well, after getting my first lap, I found out I made a wrong turn <laughs> and, uh, supposed to have gone down like another block or, or yeah, I think it's another block made a right and gone around, but I, and where you walk down and you walk past the, uh, the barber shop and, and walk up. And I had turned beforehand down the, uh, down the, the, the loading warehouses. So I actually, by the time I finished, I was a half mile short of actually working 22 miles. And at first I was so tired. I couldn't even do math right. I sat there and saw 13.11 miles and it's 13.6. I was like, all right. Yeah. I cleared it. Yeah. All right. No, you dummy. That would be, uh, you know, what's bigger 11, uh, 11 or 60 because you know, it's, you're going to spread, spread it out. So you have to add a zero under the other side. So, yeah, uh, about four o'clock in the morning after one, my, I had a uh, calf cramp up on me. <laughs> I was laying there trying to get that worked out. And I don't know why brain kicked in. It was like, yeah, you didn't walk as long as, as far as you were supposed to. <laughs> and so, dang it. So I did it. I ended up not walking the full 22 kilometers, but I got a half mile within <laughs> the 22 kilometers. And by gosh, the next, uh, like I said, I walked like an 80 year old man that day. I couldn't even help them tear down. I was the last one. It took me five hours to walk it and got, got over there and I saw everybody tearing stuff down. And I was like, Oh, son of a gun. I tried to get over there. And I, I mean, I couldn't pick things up with my, my, because anytime I tried to raise my arms, my shoulders were going to, were screaming at me. Uh, my legs were barely holding me up. Um, it was started out being around the, mid fifties that morning. But by the time I finished, it was 32 degrees. The cold front was blowing through. We we're ha fixing to have the ice storm blow through. And I was just freezing cold. Um, I wore a jacket, had a sweatshirt jacket. Uh, didn't have my, uh, my peasant cap on, which I looked for and didn't, couldn't find it. Found it, uh, actually yesterday, but anyhow, so got that done. And wow, just the, the fact that I couldn't, move like I normally did was, uh, was an interesting aspect. I mean, the pain that I felt wasn't, you know, it wasn't excruciating, uh, did make it, it I barked a couple times. I moved something, moved wrong, or I stepped off of a, off a curb wrong to get into the car. And boy, that didn't, my calves were like going, dude, we don't bend that way no more. <laughs> and so I was like, ah! and <laughs> got myself, 
into the car, got it started. And, you know, every time I had to try to turn or something, my arms were having to pick up and I was, you know, moving shoulders and they were not happy with me. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bit painful. I felt a lot of the, a uh, lot of aches, a lot of weary. I went to bed early that night and slept, uh, got up at seven 30 the following morning and, to to head home. Cause I was going to, I had to get here before the, uh, before everything iced over and I was not able to move. So, but the next day, all right, I, I felt like a 70 year old. I wasn't hunched over, but boy, I was not going to walk fast. And uh, I still was hobbling. I wasn't walking. I was, you know, I was shuffling around and, and look like walking like a 70 year old. Um, the following day, even a little better. I was about a 60 year old. Um, and then, you know, about, uh, oh, Thursday for about Friday. The, the pain in the calves has subsided. I mean, I've still got, I can stretch my calves a little bit in one way or another, and I can still get a little, little soreness, uh, notice out of that. But the weird thing was, is I actually had, it was about, see, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it'd been about Wednesday or no, about Thursday, because there was a full day of where it didn't have a problem. I, on my left leg, the muscles just right around, right above my kneecap. We're not going to allow me to put any pressure on them. They were just like giving me nothing but a huge bit middle finger. And I mean, I couldn't stand up on that leg. I mean, I could stand on the leg, but to stand up, like if I was sitting down, I usually use both legs to stand up. And no, I had to use my right leg, all the put all the weight on the right leg because the left leg was not going to have it. And that lasted, uh, until yesterday and yesterday it, it was easy, had eased up enough and I did something. I bent down and all of a sudden I felt a muscle or something roll funny and it, Oh, okay. <laughs> Suddenly it hurt like a son of a gun, but shortly thereafter, everything really kind of cleared up and we really started to, the knee started to feel better or the lower thigh started to feel better. And so. I was finally able to, I'm, I'm able today walk up and down stairs without, you know, stepping up gingerly if I have to use the, the left leg now, or just put all the weight on, you know, do one step at a time. I am now able to actually, you know, walk, uh, normally can bend over, bend down, put wood in the fireplace, things like that. It's, it's, I'm back to, back to normal, but wow, it takes a while. If you really beat your body up like that to, to get your, uh, to get things moving. Um, and so there's lessons that I learned from that. First off, yeah, 22 kilometers is a long freaking way. Uh, next week, next year, when they go to do it, I think they're actually going to move it towards March or April, someplace, sometime where we don't have so many, uh, sometime where we can actually start doing it on the weekend. Cause it was, this was on a Tuesday and we, so, we didn't have as much of a turnout as we would really have liked, but you know, we had some people turn out and that was beautiful and awesome. And we are incredibly appreciative of the, uh, of the folks who did come out. Uh, there's quite a few people who cheered us on. There were, uh, uh, Avast, uh, bank. They, they were, had a, a water stand and no, granted that by the last lap, they, nobody was man in the stand. The water was still there. So I was, staying hydrated but still at the same time it was the wind was blowing and it was cold and yeah you felt it and so 
it was it was an interesting experience. I'm definitely going to be uh training <laughs> for for that walk next year for sure. So, all right. So that's my report on the Ruck March. Had a great time. Loved being able to see Rich. Loved being able to see Matt and Deanna. Even got to see a little Breezy. Breezy was amazing to see that she was a smile. She walked with us. She was one of the ones who, uh, who did the, uh, march with us. She, but it got a little too cold for her there, uh, there about the first lap. And so she, she called it quits, but heck, that's, that's, you know, around four miles as she walked. So, I mean, that's, that's powerful right there. The fact that she decided she was going to take the initiative and she wanted to walk with us. Anyhow, so now with that, I learned lessons. We got lessons. I'm going to be applying those lessons to, to life. And you're going to hear more about the lessons that I learned. Like I said, in, uh, in the following, uh, following episode that'll end up being on, I believe I said March 31st, uh, this rucking life. Yep. And, uh, that's going to be episode 122. Just to let you know. So, all right. Now, let's go ahead and let's jump on over to the main topic. The main topic this uh, this week is we're still in the model series, and we're talking about the model. The model being that it is this is a tool that you can use to actually view your thoughts and see how your how if your thinking is actually serving you right or not. Because if you when you write out your model, you have five lines. You have your circumstance, thought, feeling, action, and results. You can, uh, your circumstance is like we said before is completely neutral. It does not mean it's positive or negative. We, but what makes it positive or negative is the thought that we have about that circumstance. I am overweight. I, I need to lose 50 pounds. All right. So your circumstance would be your 50 pounds overweight. The thought you are having is probably something like, I can't stand how I look in the mirror. I can't stand how big my gut is. I can't stand how big my ass is. You know, there's a lot of those things that you have, those thoughts that you have about the circumstance being you're 50 pounds overweight. So that thought generates an emotion. That emotion is maybe disgust, maybe uh, revulsion, maybe uh, anger, maybe sadness, maybe forlorn, you know, whatever that emotion is that you're having, it uh, creates that, that emotion. And that's what we're talking about this week is we're talking feelings. Now, a lot of times, especially these days, for whatever reason, uh, society has come across and has decided for whatever reason that men aren't supposed to share their emotions. Now, men have shared their emotions for years. We always have emotions. We know we have emotions. Stoics uh, catch the uh, biggest uh, whack of it because they think that we don't feel emo- we we bury our emotions. No, 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 no. Stoics understand that there are emotions, but when do you when do you choose to process those emotions is very important. You know, you're not going to just be succumb to emotions in the middle of a battle. You're not going to sit there as you're. Uh, you know, you're not going to cry and, 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 or laugh or even, or do any of those, uh, have a weird emotional experience in the heat of whatever battle you're having at the moment. You may take it, wait until after the emergency or whatever that e- event going on is. Once it's done, then you process those emotions. You talk about them, you write them out and things like that. 
a lot of people, lot especially a lot of of grown boys, do not share their emotions because they have been taught by other grown boys that men don't share their emotions. Yet, to be a grown man, you have you have to acknowledge the fact that you have emotions. You share those emotions. You talk about those emotions. You process those emotions with the help of the other men who are in your band of brothers. Who is it that's in your in your band of brothers that's helping you do your uh, do your processing? They're living life intentionally with you. So let's break down and start looking at what emotions actually are. At the very base, an emotion is nothing more than a vibration that you that starts in your mind and you feel throughout your body. If you actually find yourself in an emotional state, say you are angry about something. And you are have enough mind, mental presence available. Sometimes, guys, when we get angry, yeah, we fly into a rage and we just let our amygdala fight or flight and the uh, uh, kick in with the uh, uh, with the norepinephrine and just we get into into a rage and we start wailing on anything and everything around. We're just in this blind rage. But if you happen to be find yourself angry upset, whatever emotion, you notice that you're feeling a particular emotion. Stop what you're doing and focus in on what that emotion is doing to you. How is that emotion actually feeling to you? That's the cool thing to actually sit there and look and really get to understand what emotions are. And when I say that they're just vibrations, that's all they are. You can sit there and experience your emotions and notice you can even start to describe them. You will start looking at them and see that, well, you know, I feel, you know, anger, you know, really deep in the chest. It's in deep in the chest. It's really hot. You may give it a, if you look at a color wheel, you may go, well, it's kind of a, kind of a reddish orange and it's, it's spiky and it's mean and just the, this horrible looking emotion and you can describe what it, you know, what it was look like if you were to take it out of your body and be able to see it in its physical. And you can describe what it looks like, feels like, uh, textures and things like that. And, and emotions help us, uh, help us in many ways though. But when a lot of times though, when we have those emotions kick up, we want to try to associate, you know, positive or negative emotions and emotions aren't, aren't positive or negative. They're just emotions. They're, they just are. All right. So yeah, we've got several different things that happen to us that are also associated with our emotions. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in our brain because our brain has one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to keep us alive. It to not, to not wind up dead. Okay. And our emotions and our, uh, and three other, and three parts of our brain. Well, all of our brain really, but the three that I like to focus in on are, you know, do these things to make sure that we stay safe and that we're not doing something to where we're going to get eaten by a polar bear or, or get eaten by, by a saber toothed tiger or cave bear. These are a lot of the, the, our emotions are ignited by our amygdala. This is our, when I call the primitive part of the brain, that's what we're talking about. That is that, that little monkey brain that's hanging out in our, in the lower part of our, of our, uh, of our, our, our spinal, or not our spinal cord, but our, our mind. 
But also with our brain, there are neurotransmitters and hormones that get released that also allow us to be able to feel different things. Now, there's uh, some neurotransmitters and hormones our body produces is dopamine, gamma amino, uh, amino uh, batriac acid, or GABA, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. But they also produce uh, some rather unpleasant uh, hormones and, and neurotransmitters also, and that's norepinephrine, cortisol, and adrenaline. Now, you may hear people say, hear adrenaline, you hear, think adrenaline junkies. Yeah. And these are people who have taken the effects of adrenaline and have turned it into a great thing. They've changed how they think of that particular vibration they feel throughout their body. Now, dopamine, if you're not familiar with it, is, uh, is kind of when it hits our mind and hits our brain, it really signals, sends off, uh, signals of pleasureness, pleasurability, happiness, Things like that. It's just your feel good neurotransmitter that we have. Uh, gamma uh, amino butyric acid or GABA is, is, has the sense of means of being able to calm us down. Then there's sort of serotonin. That's the emotion. That's the, the, what causes us to feel joy, contentment. And then there's oxytocin, which is love and a sense of connection. And then endorphins just help us relax. And also, if we ever happen to have some pain, that it also is released to, uh, like if you cut your finger, uh, endorphins are released to kind of deaden the sensation of the cut. Norepinephrine is your fight or flight uh, responses. Cortisol is released during stress. Uh, this is also what your body uses to store fat. It's like, oh crap, we better start storing fat, store fat, hold that fat because we don't know why is it, why is it so stressful around here? Is, is it stressful to me? Is it stressful to you? Oh, okay. Well, we're going to save some, we're going to save all as much energy as we can. So we don't have to, uh, in, in case we don't have any food for, uh, for a month, we can, we can live. It's, it will we'll be okay. And then there's adrenaline. This is also in a lot of the fight or flight. This is, you know, when somebody scares you or, or something and all of a sudden your, your, your heart's racing and, and you're sweating and, and, and you're, sh- you've got the shakes because you've got, you know, nerve juice running through your system. All these work in conjunction to help you feel what you're feeling. And we really do enjoy, especially those feel good, uh, hormones and, and, no transmitters. These are what where people who are addicted to particular substances like uh, heroin and cocaine, or even even pot uh, or alcohol, or even cigarettes. That we are. It's the reason why they're so hard to kick off is because we like the sense of dopamine, pleasure, happy. We made a goal. Uh, that's why. Social media is so addictive is because they figured out how to really play with your dopamine uh, receptors that you get, uh, you post something up, you see that you had 37 likes, dude, you feel amazing. While the next one, you only get five likes. Ah, okay. You don't have as much of a reward when you eat something that has a lot of calories and is full of flavor and has high calories. That really sets off the dopamine, uh, pleasure, pleasures and happiness that we associate with food. 
serotonin is the joy and contentment. So when you're hanging around people and you're really connecting with them, you get a lot of serotonin and a lot of oxytocin released. Oxytocin is that love molecule that the newspapers and stuff like to talk about. Uh, this is what's what's released when you you really feel that the most and you really get addicted to the oxytocin. You really enjoy the oxytocin that for when you get that first kiss from the person you love. That first one, well, I mean, it hits. It hits like a sledgehammer. I remember the first time I kissed a girl. Wham! It just, you know, it's just one of those, uh, one of those emotions where you're just like, wow, it's amazing. That's why a lot of people actually become sex addicts because they want that oxytocin, the feel of oxytocin, that feel of connection. Because when we don't have that feeling of connection, then our body starts going, well, something's wrong. That's why we avoid feeling bored because we're not getting that dopamine t- uh, hit every time you know every five seconds all of a sudden you're not getting any dopamine your brain's going uh dude dude hello uh we, we're not getting the happy juice we need the happy juice I'm, we need to feel good hello hello and it starts you know the all of a sudden the amygdala starts to wake up and goes dude dude we don't have any any ser- uh, dopamine what, where's the serotonin we need oxytocin we need something oh and because our our amygdala kicks in all of a sudden our cortisol start kicking up because we're in a fight or flight mode. We're like, okay, something's happening. Something's not good. And when you are not getting that dopamine rush, that's where, you know, a lot of our problems start to come from because sometimes we have emotions that don't give us dopamine. We have emotions that don't give us serotonin or GABA or, or release endorphins. We don't have a, we, some of our emotions don't release those and they in store instead release the hormones and neuroreceptors that are not as good feeling to us. Now, some people, like I said, like the feeling of adrenaline. They're, those are the adrenaline junkies. They're the ones who go and jump out of airplanes and jump off of buildings and, and do, you know, death defying acts. And because it gets their heart racing and they feel really alive when they feel, do that. And it feels great. And, and it's just how they view that. We like to have plenty of dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. And sadly, a lot of us have really flooded ourselves out with the dopamine, the serotonin, the oxytocin, all that, all the feel good stuff. And so our receptors have a real, we don't have as many receptors as we need. So that's why we start really flooding ourselves with, that's where, you know, like cocaine users, they have to get a, a bigger bump and a bigger bump and a bigger bump and a bigger bump every time because they're, they're, Pleasure dopamine receptors and serotonin receptors and oxytocin receptors are all pretty much filled up and the body's still going, dude, we got to have some more of that. That is some good stuff. I tell you. <laughs> and so they, you got to have some more of that good stuff. You know, it's like Marty, we got to do it. And because we are driven by what our brain is telling us, we start to really run into uh, the, into problems when we want to hit what that dop- dopamine hit, when we want to be able to achieve something that feels good. And that's one reason why so many of us like just Netflix and, and, and sit on the couch 
we're safe there. We've got enough. We've got a, we're hitting our benchmark uh, of dopamine. We're just, we're okay. Nothing's good. We're comfortable. Our serotonin levels are around. Our oxytocin levels, our GABAs, nice and uh, nice and high. We have all these good uh, levels out there and we don't ever use utilize and see that the cortisol, the norepinephrine and the adrenaline is actually also just as good for us. We want to be safe. We want to be comfortable. We want to sit in our caves and and just eat. But eventually you have to leave the cave to go get food. And when we do that, all of a sudden we get more, you know, we start getting a little more stress. And that's one reason why I think so many people are going gaga over the anxiety is because they're, they've overloaded themselves with, you know, with all the feel good hormones. And now they're trying to figure out how do I get more? I can't, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, uh, looking at Facebook, going on Twitter, going on Instagram, going on all the other places. And I'm not getting any, any, uh, any benefits off of it now. I'm not feeling as good as I'm supposed to. Maybe this, uh, there's something wrong. And you know, your brain starts going, Oh, you want something wrong? Well, okay. We could sit there and your, our mind looks for things that we're wanting. All right. So if we're looking for a reason why we're not feeling good, our brain's going to go, Oh, you don't want to feel good. All right, dude, we're going to find something to make you feel good. Oh, okay. You have a heart attack. Oh, no. Why's your, why's your, uh, why's your shoulder aching? Oh, your shoulder's aching. Oh, no. It's, it's that left shoulder. Oh, that's, le- oh, no. Oh, it's probably, probably nothing. You may have just tweaked it, but it could be a heart attack. Oh, and so all of a sudden we start piling, our mind starts running wild. Our, our, amygdala our that primitive part that monkey brain starts taking over and our brain's like going oh yeah yeah okay yeah we got pain let's shoot out pain to that uh, that area and we can start to create and simulate a you know having a hard time breathing and our shoulders aching and and we're having a heart attack we got heart palpitations and all this other stuff and we go to the doctor and the doctor's like oh yeah you had a panic attack because we weren't paying attention to what our emotions were i mean heck i Sat there several times with my, uh, when the top part of my, uh, or top part of my knee, that those muscles right across there, I definitely had thoughts going through my head of, I wonder if that's a blood clot that's stuck in there. Maybe, is that what a blood clot feels like? And, you know, I would think about it. I try not to think about it, but, you know, it still rode, if I tweaked funny or walked funny and that it really wanted to bark up and become known, you know, it was, it was real evident. I mean, trying to sleep at night. I couldn't keep my leg straight. I couldn't keep my leg bent. I couldn't keep it straight. Couldn't keep bent. I had to constantly be moving that left leg through the night. And so I had a bit of restless leg, but why? Because of a thought that I had. It's like, okay, maybe it, maybe it is a blood clot. And then eventually I noticed, oh no, no, it moved laterally. So it's not a blood clot because blood clots will travel up or down your leg, depending on which, you know, which area, which is an artery or blood vessel. It's, you know, so it's, it's not that. And once I got past that and I was able to prove to my mind that it wasn't like a blood clot, you know, that thought really faded away and it was just okay there's just maybe it's just something you know a ligament's gotten stressed or you know some tendonitis or some type of some problem along those lines where it's just an inflamed tendon or something and like i said then i had moved one time and whatever uh whatever that tendon was it it moved in a particular way that it needed to move and it got out it got 
things cleared up today. I mean, I, no pain in my knee at all. And it's because of the thoughts that we have. So we can get ourselves into, you know, panic attacks because we're just letting our minds just run free. Our thoughts are like a three-year-old with a butcher knife. They're kind of cute, but really dangerous at the same time. As I said, we have, there are three parts of our brain that we really want to focus in on. I've talked about the amygdala several times already. That's that primitive monkey brain that's in your head. That's the one who likes to ring the, the ring the bell going, danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. And, you know, drive, you know, cause us to go into panic attacks, cause us to just get ready to fight or flight because it's, that's what it's, it's purpose is to do is to look for the hidden tiger that's in whatever new th- exciting thing that you're doing. You want to start a business? Oh, well, you don't know how to do that. So you're going to lose all your money. You're going to be homeless. You're going to be living on the streets under a bridge and no one's going to want to talk to you and they're going to laugh at you. And they're, you know, they're all going to laugh at you, you know, that type of stuff. And it's just, you know, it's ridiculous because if you stop the amygdala from screaming like that and you engage your prefrontal cortex, which is that thinking part, it, touch your forehead. Yeah. Okay. Right behind your forehead is the prefrontal cortex. All right. So that part of your mind, the front part of your, of your brain is the part that does all the logical thinking. If you can engage that, and a lot of people realize they can engage it by just taking a couple of deep breaths, especially if you find you're getting yourself worked up or you're into something that you're really kind of, kind of skeeved out about. <sighs> Slow, deep breath through the nose, out through the mouth and allow just your prefrontal cortex to engage and tell the amygdala go take a freaking hike go sit in the corner you'll slow down and you'll start looking at stuff a lot more critically now the third part of your brain is also is called the hippocampus this is the habit center so whenever you're doing something say you are used to um used to driving to work a particular direction what will happen a lot of times is our brains will sit there and go all right well we're driving to work hippocampus Take it and the hippocampus will take over and you will drive all the way to work and you'll pull in and you'll realize, holy crap, I don't remember any of the trip to the work. That was your hippocampus at work. It went into, uh, into, uh, into habit mode. It was the hippocampus is kind of the laid back hippie dude. He's just kind of, ah, dude, uh, no, no worries, man. I'll just hang out over here and they'll, they take over. And they, the hippocampus uses very little energy. Its purpose is to not burn energy at all. So our brains, as a means to trying to keep us alive, remember, that's, that's the main part. Its primary objective is to not get us killed. So it wants to try to shove as much stuff over into the habit center as it can because the, our brain, well, it uses a lot of energy. It's probably uses the most energy out of the rest of our body. On a day-to-day basis. I mean, there's six arteries that run to our head. So there's a lot of food and our, our a lot of food that's going up there. And we have uh, arteries that run straight from our lungs to our head. It it's, goes from the heart to the lungs to the head. It It is meant to, you know, it's meant to burn a lot of energy. A lot of calories go into making sure that that organic computer in between your behind your eyes runs like it's supposed to. But because it knows that it uses a lot of energy, it wants to make sure that it uses the prefrontal cortex only as much as it can. It wants to go into low power mode as often as it possibly can. 
yeah, you're going to have a lot of habits. And so if you're doing stuff that you don't like doing, so if you're wanting to start stepping out of your comfort zone, get out of that comfort zone, start growing someplace, then you're, you're going to have to start rewriting the hippocampus where instead of it going, Oh, well, you know, that's hard, uh, hard, something hard, unknown. Okay. And it goes through the catalog. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to be afraid of that, man. So let's, let's get a hold of the amygdala and let him take over. And so he'll send the message down to the amygdala. Hey, uh, you're scared. Go on ahead and, uh, release some, uh, cortisol, a little bit, of, get the adrenaline. Let's get the heart rate up. Uh, norepinephrine go. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. I better sit down and, and, and watch television because all of a sudden I'm not feeling so good. So this is why it is so easy for us to play small. This is why we seek to sit on the couch. We look and strive and self-sabotage when we're fixing to do hard things so that we can go sit on the couch. We can, uh, we don't want to build that, that better connection with our wives because you know what? We might get, uh, get rejected. If we get rejected, then we're not going to get the oxytocin and serotonin that we want. We're not going to feel that connection that we want. So it's better to just go ahead and just think that we're, we're being okay. And I'm just, let's just go watch porn. Let's just go watch, uh, play video games. Let's go watch the sports games together. Spend spending quality time with our wife. Uh, it's better if we just, you know, let the kid hang out upstairs instead of going to do, uh, some, some camping because you know what he's probably not even going to like it because you know that means I have to get everything out and that's just hard work and I really don't know where I'm going to camp this week and I really just don't feel like camp. you know our brain will come up with reasons as to why we don't we work so hard to fight what we perceive to be positive and negative emotions and like I said emotions are not positive nor are they negative they're just emotions it's a lot like our our, our uh, uh, circumstances. They're just there. Okay. We experience them. And if you can allow yourself to just experience them and not make them try to mean that the world's falling apart, you can power through that emotion, those perceived negative emotions a heck of a lot easier and continue on doing whatever it is you need to do. Yeah. Are you going to feel a little bit of shame because you brought in a hundred thousand dollars for the first time in the year? Yeah. You are, if you let it set, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to lose that hundred thousand dollars. You're not going to make it again. But if you can power through that, that twinge of shame because, Oh man, what are people going to think of me? Well, they're going to think whatever they want to think and carry on. You'll be able to start making more a hundred thousand dollars a month in a lot easier time than if you sit there and obsess over the shame of you actually being able to make money. Now we live in a, our life is run by the 50 50 principle. It, uh, the 50 50 principle is that it is going to be 50% pain. Half of your life is going to be nothing but pain and discomfort. The other half is going to be pleasure and joy. We want to try to stay in that 50% pleasure and joy, don't we? Well, the problem is, is when you try to go over to and stay in the pleasure and joy, you're also denying the pain and the pleasure or the pain and the suffering that's going to be happening on the other half of your life. That pain and discomfort is going to actually grow unless you pay attention to it. And if you can allow the pain 
and the pleasure to happen at whenever it happens because it's going to happen even within minutes of each other. You're going to, yay, got, our team got a uh, got a touchdown. Oh, he was there was a a foul a flag on the field. Okay, well now there went that uh, extra point. You know, the, there's the pain, there's the pleasure. It's a, a game, a sports game shows a lot of the highs and the lows of life. But a lot of times, a lot of people spend their life avoiding what they perceive to be negative emotions. They don't feel good. It's scary. It's horrible. It's shameful. It's, uh, it, it's envious, whatever, you know, all these different emotions that many people will say, see and call a negative emotion. And so to, to avoid that, their brain will go into automatic mode and will find ways to buffer. Oh, well, you're not feeling good. Well, here, here, watch some, you, oh, you're missing some connection. You want a little oxytocin bump and, and stuff. You want to feel good about yourself. Okay. Well, here's some porn. Watch some porn. I bet porn. Porn's good. Porn's porn. Porn will get you, get you right as rain, except for the fact that you're, it's easy to go look at a bunch of naked people having sex than to actually put yourself and your, your emotions out on the line for, to your wife. And to see if she goes, yeah, I'll, I'll get naked with you. It'd be fun. Or she may go, you know what? I really just don't feel like it. You know what the kids did today? I don't care to do it. Or she's like, well, why would I want to do that? You hadn't taken the trash out yet. So no, you have to be okay with the fact that you're going to hear stuff. You know, your, your wife has the ability to make her own decisions and she doesn't want to have sex. Okay. You're going to have to be okay with that. Maybe you're wanting to try to, you need to make a, uh, make a sales page for a, for a, a workshop that you're doing. Well, you can either take the time to build, build the, uh, the sales page, or you can go play video games, scroll on social media, watch a bunch of YouTube videos. You're mad about, uh, being, uh, being overweight, but what are you doing? You're going, you feel bad about yourself. So you're eating a bunch of uh, Twinkies and ho-hos and ding-dongs. Which a lot of those just, I just never just realized hostess has a lot of very sexually, sexual innuendos <laughs> naming in their, in their snacks. But, uh, anyhow, you may go off and eat, make a trip over to the Chinese food restaurant. Um, or that's the problem that a lot of people, a lot of alcoholics have. They have the urge to drink alcohol because they start having thoughts about stuff that happened in the past. They haven't processed those thoughts. They haven't processed the negative emotions. And so to, so they don't have to feel those negative emotions, feel that unpleasant feeling that, or that feeling that they're perceiving to be unpleasant. They turn to alcohol. They turn to drugs. But the thing most people don't realize because, you know, you'll see people or hear people say, well, I felt like I was drowning in sorrow. Well, no, you're not drowning in sorrow. Your, your sorrow is an emotion. Yes, but it doesn't last. I think they say that on the average, that emotion lasts 90 seconds. Well, why do I, why was I sad about my grandmother passing for, uh, for a week and a half? Because you kept having thoughts uh, that made you sad about your grandma. You could have easily had thoughts that made you accepting that your grandmother passed. She was in pain. She was, she was, you know, 98 years old. She was in a wheelchair. She had bed sores. She was, uh, 
she had on started to show signs of dementia. She was, you know, she had lost, she didn't have any, she was trying to live by herself and she was still trying to be independent and she lost all of it. And, you know, you, you could look at all the reasons why her passing actually is actually kind of an okay thing. Or you can look at it as it's my, my life is incomplete now because I don't have my grandmother in my life. Those are your choices. We have thoughts that something being bad or we have thoughts about uh that we experience uh, where the emotions are associated with that thought and so yeah we can have a negative feeling emotion or we can have a positive feeling emotion but those emotions are generated by our thoughts we are thinking hey this is a bad thought this hey or this is a sad emotion this is a positive emotion right our emotion can be the circumstance i am sad and that is the circumstance. People who are suffer from depression. I have depression. You know, there are those, those emotions and what your thought is about that emotion. You can make out a model when you're feeling, you know, when you have a thought about this emotion, you're this, which makes that, uh, uh, feels more of that particular emotion, which causes you to, to have an action that, you know, exemplifies that emotion and it causes you to feel that emotion. So if we can live our life using the 50, 50 principle, knowing that, you know what, I'm going to feel like crap half the time in my life. And the other time I am just going to be the man on top of the world. And then there's going to be a lot of time variations in between that all the time. You can actually be okay with being scared. You can be okay with feeling nervous. You can be okay with feeling, um, despair and, 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 uh, upset because it's just an emotion. Yes, it is just an emotion. Yes, it is just anxiety. It's not going to kill you. Your thoughts about that are what makes it so bad. So if you want to try to do something horrible that are horrible, if you want to try to do something that is scary, then go for it. Your thoughts on what that scary thing is and what it means to you is all upon you. You want to try to start up your own business? Awesome, man. Go for it. It is one of the biggest adventures you'll ever have in your life. You want to want to hike the Appalachian Trail? Beautiful, man. There's a, it's going to be the biggest adventure you ever had in your life. Just make sure you get your legs in shape, though. I'll, I'll tell you that. I will still want to walk the Camino de Santiago. That's like, 2000 kilometers. So that's a lot more than 22 kilometers. So, and I don't know how much I'm going to be carrying in my backpack, but I know I'm going to be carrying something uh, in the backpack. So I'm going to have to get myself used to carrying that backpack. I'm going to have to build my shoulders up. I'm going to have to get my knees in shape. I'm going to have to get my legs in shape. So there's going to be a lot of walking that I'm going to have to do, but you don't have to run from an emotion. You don't have to be afraid of that emotion. You don't have to have allow that emotion to have any power over you. Yet so many people do. I am so scared how my, my, uh, uh, my mother's going to respond. If I tell her I am getting a divorce, well, why are you allowing the emotion of fear to have power over your life? Why not go ahead and accept the fact that your mom may not be happy, but however she acts is all upon her. It has no reflection upon you. Your thoughts and your emotions are yours. So let your mom 
have hers. You want a divorce then, you know, and you haven't told your wife yet. Why? Well, I don't want her to be upset. Well, sorry, dude. That's not your, it's not in your power. You wanted to have a divorce, then you're going to have to tell her eventually that she's getting a divorce and you're going to have to just stand and let them have their emotions. Stop trying to control everything because your means of trying to control other people's emotions is because you have a problem with your own emotions. Work on your emotions. Work on why, what you're feeling. Why are you feeling that emotion the way you're feeling it? Is it really that bad of an emotion? If you can say, yeah, it is, then find a way of changing it. If you say, find out, no, okay, well, then why are you obsessing over it? You can let your emotions have power over you, or you can choose to take that power back, and you can have and live your life on whatever terms you want to live your life on. And that's all because power, emotions actually have no power over you until you give them the power. So, man, I want to let you know, get out there, enjoy life, realize, pay attention to when you feel an emotion, when you feel an urge to do something, what, what is that? And what's keeping you from doing it or from not doing it? Look at those, examine them, write them down. If you want help with it, man, Go over to uh, relaxmail.com forward slash coach. Sign up. I'm going to talk to you two, three, four times before I ever set up a see if you want any type of of coaching uh, coaching program. I was, before I set you up on a coaching program, I just want to get to know you. See if you're actually. Uh, I want to get feel you out. See what where you're at. Are you knee deep in in uh, in victimhood where, you know, I can try to tell you stuff and you're just not going, you're, you're just swallowed up in emotions and you don't want to, you don't want to hear that your thoughts are the reason your emotions are there. Or are you someone who has taken the time to take the steps to understand your thoughts and your emotions and you just need help getting them worked through? I want to be able to know where you're at on understanding the model. I want to help you. Uh, if you don't understand it very well, I want to be able to help you understand it because man, this is a great tool to use in your day to day to day life. If you don't care to, you want to have the help of a group and you're looking at building up your, your community pillar, then also have uh, the brotherhood of men. That's also a great group of, of guys who are dead set on making sure you succeed in what you're after. They're going to call you out on your BS and they're going to celebrate when you win. But it's a very limited group. It's a very, it's a reserved group. And so you we don't have room for everybody as of yet. So if you want in, let me know. Go to relaxmail.com forward slash brotherhood and fill out the form. I'll get a hold of you. We'll talk it out. We'll see. Are you a fit for the group right now? Because I want guys who are dedicated to growing. Dedicated to becoming better, dedicated to becoming the men that society actually needs. If you're just kind of there, ah, that sounds like something kind of interesting to do. Uh, really, honestly, dude, I don't care to have you there. I want someone who's committed, someone who just wants to just rule their world, live life on their terms. If you don't want to do that, all right, dude, that's fine. That's cool. You don't have to, you don't, you can be comfortable on the, on there, listen to the podcast and get a little better from there. Somewhere along the way, though, you're going to start realizing just sitting on the couch ain't going to serve you. And so you're going to want to start becoming a better man. And to be able to do that, well, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to find a group of men who are going to lift you up. So guys, 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Wow, we went really long on emotions, a uh, lot longer than I thought I was going to. I wrote everything out and I was like, oh, this might be about a barely a 30 minute talk. Nope. <laughs> so, but guys, if you enjoyed the show, you found something that was interesting, powerful, uh, something that made you think, share this out. You, it caused you to think of a, a particular man who needs to hear this. Share it with them. You can share it on your Facebook page, uh, Facebook, uh, to your Facebook contacts. I'll get the right Facebook out there eventually. Share it out with your Facebook contacts. Share it out with Twitter followers. Share it out on, on, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. Get the word that relaxed mail is out there. Get people talking about it. Let's get guys out and out off the couch out of the front of the television, get them out to start living life and start living life to the most complete possible way. The only way you're going to be able to do that though, is to actually start working through that model and start sharing that, uh, sharing this particular episode or sharing these episodes like this out with the world, start sharing, share it with everybody you can think of because we are found everywhere. We're on Instagram, uh, Instagram. Uh, when it comes to the podcast itself, we're, we're over on Spotify, we're on Apple podcast, Google podcast. We're on, uh, Geo Savan, uh, any podcast platform you can possibly think of. We're there. We're even over on the new, uh, Samsung podcast, uh, podcast app. So guys, share this out, share it with those who need to hear it. And let them know there is a place that will help men become the greatest men possible. And that is here at the Relaxed Mail. So, guys, thank you all again for talking and listening. I will see you next week when we're going to actually be talking about actions and how they influence what how your life becomes. So, guys, with that, y'all take care. See you next week. Bye.